a roundup of the main business news from China and elsewhere. This is Global Business. Hello and welcome to this edition of Global Business on CGTN. I'm Guanxing in Beijing. Coming up on the program. Head of Chinese President Xi Jinping's state visit to Vietnam will take a look at expectations for the visit and trade ties between the two countries. China's consumer price index edged down 0.5% in November compared to a year ago, driven by falling food and energy prices. And in today's episode of Biz Focus, we take you to Guangxi to find out how the food industry is driving agricultural modernization and increasing farmers' incomes. In the first stop in the program, Chinese President Xi Jinping is set to pay a state visit to Vinan from December 12th to 13th. It's the first such visit since 2017, and this year marks the 15th anniversary of the China-Vinan Comprehensive Strategic Partnership. And President Xi's visit is expected to further strengthen relations. And CGTN's Dong Xue has the latest from Hanoi. We arrived ahead of the visit, and I hid on the street and asked the people about their expectations about this trip. Well, I was surprised not only they are aware of Xi's visit, but they're also calling for a strengthening cooperation between China and Vietnam, the two socialist countries. I said, having said that, you know, this is the first time for President Xi to Vietnam in six years. Well, given the close and strong relationship, these two had established a comprehensive strategic cooperative partnership since 15 years ago. That is the highest diplomatic regard of Vietnam. Well, President Xi has a very ambitious goal this time. He is expected to cement ties with his Vietnamese counterparts to strengthening cooperation in political, trade, economy, cultural, people-to-people exchanges. And also, uh, the high expectations are on the both to the two sides will elevated elevated its diplomatic relations to a higher degree and said that you know president over the next two days president xi is also expected to meet with the vietnamese general secretary ron fu chong and the president von van chong and the prime minister as well as the congressional chairman so we'll just have to wait and see if there will be concrete deliverables after the meetings China has been Vietnam's biggest trading partner for many years, and Vietnam is China's largest trading partner in ASEAN. Bilateral trade came in at nearly 235 billion U.S. dollars in 2022, up 2.1% on a yearly basis. And that marked the second consecutive year that bilateral trade surpassed 200 billion U.S. dollars. And cooperation in green development and digital economy are new points of growth between the two countries. Projects like the Hanoi Metro 2 and Vietnam's largest waste-to-energy plants were two, both built by Chinese companies and have greatly benefited the lives of local people. The two countries also have jointly promoted the implementation of RCEP and the construction of the China-ASEAN Free Trade Zone 3.0. Finance spends 6% of its GDP on infrastructure, marking the leading country in ASEAN for infrastructure investment. However, experts maintain that the country has a gap between its current infrastructure and its aspirations of being a fast-growing economy. Our correspondent Mira Lu takes us on a ride on Hanoi's urban transit journey. The rapid increase of private vehicles along with underdeveloped infrastructure has caused 
the complicated travel conditions in Hanoi. Data shows there are 7.8 million vehicles, including cars and motorbikes, for a population of 8 million. How to increase the capacity of public transport services has become a top priority for policymakers in Vietnam as the country's economy continues to boom. The crown jewel of the city's public transport development is the Hanoi Metro. Open to service in November 2021, it is the first rapid transit system in Vietnam. The advantage of the urban railway has been confirmed through its operation. It's fast, mass, civilized, and a modern means of transport. Built at a cost of 868 million US dollars with funding from Chinese assistance, the Kapling Hadong Metro Line runs more than 13 kilometers and has 12 stations. The system will eventually consist of eight lines with a total length of 318 kilometers. Studies and reality show that only by developing urban railways into a network, considering it a backbone and other means of transport such as buses, grab and BRT, acting as means of support, will we be able to completely solve the problems of congestion, accidents and environmental pollution of urban traffic. Experts believe Vietnam's future economic growth will depend on its infrastructure and they don't need to look far for inspiration. China have done a great job in uh, urbanization, especially uh, developing their transit, you know, public transit uh, in uh, their, uh, you know, uh, every city. I think 47 cities in China have uh, developed a great uh, metro system. Uh, and within, you know, two decades, uh, that's amazing to see China have increased their length of um, metro system from a very small number to now nearly 10,000 kilometers. Professor Wu says infrastructure building will have a direct economic impact. One less hour spent in traffic jams is one more hour for productivity. Mirulu, CGTN, Hanoi. China is Vietnam's largest trading partner and durian has contributed significantly to this. Over the past year, most of the fruit from the Southeast Asian country has been consumed by the Chinese people. And Yang Qinghao has more. Durian might be one of the most divisive fruits on the planet. Some hail it as the king of fruits. While many shun it due to its pungent odor, here in China, people's affection for it is striking as they consume the world's largest amount, all sourced from Southeast Asia. I'm here in Hekou, a county in southwest China's Yunnan province, on the border with Vietnam. In August last year, China approved imports of fresh Vietnamese durian. Since then, the fruit has poured into the Chinese market, and the land port in Hekou has become a major distribution channel. Hantao started its fruit import business in Hekou in 2018. In October of last year, he imported his first batch of Vietnamese durians. We mainly import the variety called Risex, or Ganyao in Chinese. The first bite may offer a hint of bitterness, followed by a taste of sweetness, leaving your mouth full of strong durian flavor. Han says so far, he has imported some 600 tons of durians from the neighboring country, which have been distributed to different parts of China. Compared to durians from Thailand, Vietnamese durians are relatively inexpensive. However, their quality, taste and shape are all exceptional, so I think they offer excellent value for the cost. 
According to the Vietnam Fruit and Vegetables Association, the country exported durians worth $2.1 billion between January and October, with nearly $1.9 billion coming from China. As the fruit's popularity continues to grow, customs across China are also stepping up efforts to improve clearance efficiency. With the application of related intelligence systems, clearance efficiency at Hekou Port has been improved by at least four times. Meanwhile, we've set up a green channel for agricultural products and implement 24-7 appointment clearance mechanism for fresh and perishable goods, which are given priority for inspection and clearance. Industry insiders like Han say that under the ASAP Trade Pact, we are optimistic about future growth of the trade volume between China and Vietnam, especially that of durian. They also hope to see more policies in favor of them. Yang Jinghao, CGTN, at the China-Vietnam border. China's main gauge of inflation, the consumer price index, dropped slightly in November, and factory gate producer price index saw a further decline. Official data released Saturday showed the CPI edging down 0.5% in November compared to a year ago. The slight dip was attributed to food and energy prices. Excluding food and energy prices, the core CPI increased by 0.6% year-on-year, maintaining a moderate rise consistent with the previous month. The producer price index also dropped by 3% year-on-year in November due to a slump in international oil prices and weak demand for certain industrial commodities. And now for more discussions on the latest economic data, let's bring in Chu Chang, Research Fellow of Beijing Foreign Studies University. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Chu. So could you please share with us your interpretation of the latest CPI data and the implications for the current economic situation? Well, I think uh, the current CPI data, everybody has seen has some uh, slight slowdown, uh, but I think it's uh, a reasonable uh, reason behind that. I think well, number one, uh, I think uh, outside China, the oil prices is a major reason for uh, this drop in the CBI because oil price, energy price is a very, very large, important uh, part of the CBI indexes. Um, you know, the big drop uh, in the international market, especially um, you know, cost of the uh, uh, industrial production prices have been going down. And also, there's another factor that in China this year, actually this November, is pretty warm, which means the consumption for the heating systems all over China has been reduced their use in the energy system. Uh, this caused another drop in the oil prices and the gas prices. And also there's another uh, thing in here is uh, uh, November is usually the day between holidays. We just wrap up the uh, October National Festival and also we're still waiting for the New Year uh, Festival. So between this uh, two months uh, in November, people reduce their traveling and the tourism visits to other places. And also the warm winter, another unexpected is that is part of the late sausage uh, you know, seasons. Usually, according to Chinese uh, culture, in November and early of the uh, December, people will just prepare the sausages for the uh, Lunar New Year of China. But this is a uh, warm winter this year, so people delayed the prepare, uh, preparing for this sausage. So this also reduced the people's consumption on the uh, meat and other kind of the uh, groceries, so which also caused the uh, lower consumption in this regard, which also slowed down the whole CPI. So the, just to, just to take away this two-factor energy and the food, I think the core CPI is still positive. So it shows that the Chinese consumption is still resilient. 
And Mr. Chu, multiple policies have been introduced to boost the consumption in sectors such as automobiles, electronics, and home furnishings this year. What impact have this policy had so far? Well, I think the impact is very positive. For example, uh, like the furniture and the furnishings, China is right now starting a new plan, try to you know replenish uh, the old housing and the old uh, construction and architectures in many cities. Everybody you know China started to reform and opening up and modernization and urbanization process early like 40 years ago, which means lots of infrastructures, uh, you know, water supplies, sewage systems, and also the building itself, and uh, you know are getting very old. For example, many buildings are built like 20 years ago or even 40 years ago. They do not have elevators, which is very, very inconvenient. So all the cities need to be, need to be uh, you know, upgraded. I think the same practice has been adopted not only in China, but also in many developed nations, like uh, in New England and America, like in the western region of London. So they all use this just to try to revitalize the old cities and to make them to have a higher value. And also this can be a good investment and to be you know, good driven factors for the GDP to grow. And a similar factors will happen in exhibition, businesses, culture, uh, competitions and sports. So all this can be the new uh, driven forces for the next year's Chinese uh, economy. Well, thank you very much for sharing with us your insights. That was Chi Chan, Research Fellow of Beijing Foreign Studies University for us. Market expectations for small and medium-sized enterprises in China are gradually recovering. New data from the China Association of Small and Medium Enterprises show the SME Development Index stood at 89.3 in November, up 0.2 points from the previous month, and higher than the same period in 2021 and 2022. Eight categories except for financing increased, including macroeconomy sentiment, which gauges enterprises' confidence in future development and overall business performance. In particular, businesses saw the largest increase of 0.6 points in fixed assets and science and technology investments compared to October, outpacing all other categories. Today marks the 22nd anniversary of China's accession to the World Trade Organization. During the past 22 years, China has grown from the world's sixth largest economy to the second largest. China's total trade in goods rose from $0.26 trillion in 2001 to $3.6 trillion in 2022, and its share of the world's total trade in goods increased from 4.3% to 14.4%. China has become a major trading partner of more than 140 countries and regions. Since joining the WTO, China has continued opening up to the world and injecting impetus into the world economy. The first free trade area was established in Shanghai in 2013, and a newly established Xinjiang FTA this year is the seventh expansion of China's FTA strategy. Through that, China will better promote its high-level opening up and strengthen international cooperation. And to provide more insights on China's economic achievements since joining the World Trade Organization 22 years ago, let's bring in Liu Baochen, Dean of the Center for International Business Ethics at the UIBE. Thank you for joining us, Professor Liu. So as China celebrates the 22nd anniversary of this accession to the WTO, how would you assess the country's achievements during this period and its contributions to the global economy? There has been substantial achievements uh, for uh, China and also for the world in which China plays an important role. Uh, first of all, the, uh, China's uh, uh, GDP has grown on double-digit growth for a number of years, and still we are 
uh, one of the major contributors to the global growth by nearly 30 percent. And uh, 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 secondly, uh, China continued to lower its uh, uh, barrier for trade, and therefore that provides a uh, abundant opportunities for global investors, global traders to cash in on the Chinese market. And uh, uh, certainly we can see that the made in China is really uh, accessible in almost all corners of the entire world. Uh, that provides more of the varieties for uh, global consumers to piggyback on the Chinese growth uh, in, in trade investment. And then uh, I think lastly, which is also very important, is that uh, the Chinese opening is uh, uh, there to be very much in line with uh, Chinese domestic reform that is there to comply with global trading rules. And uh, the institutional reform also paved the way for the solid growth of the Chinese economy and also Chinese export and uh, business environment altogether. And what changes have taken place in China's export structure of the past 22 years, and how do these changes reflect the transformation of the Chinese economy? One very noticeable uh, phenomenon is that uh, Chinese export uh, structure has uh, increased a great deal. And uh, 20 years ago, we were more preoccupied with exporting of the bulk materials from native produce to minerals, uh, etc. And now we see that uh, the, there is far more added value in Chinese uh, exports, uh, in uh, the machineries, now in the electronic gadgets. And now we are also engaging in the green and also digital uh, transformation in which we are working with uh, more than 100 trading partners to improve its uh, uh, export structure. And the other is that China continue to further the uh, uh, bring a better market access for foreign investors and traders with China. And also the recent fact that uh, we have uh, uh, almost eliminated the import tariff for six the least developed countries also show that China is uh, uh, shouldering the uh, global trading, uh, the responsibilities to uh, provide a, a better uh, condition for those uh, the less developed economies. So that really also helped the uh, global economic structure. Well, thank you so much for your insights. That was Liu Baochen, Dean of the Center for International Business Ethics at UIBE for us. As China's top producer of dragon fruit, passion fruit, mango, and various citrus fruits, Guangxi Zhuang Autonomous Region is known as the Kingdom of Fruits. In today's episode of Biz Focus, our reporter Xu Yi takes you to Guangxi to find out more about the region's farmers and their produce. It is December, and Guilin City is enveloped in a refreshing and damp atmosphere. As winter sets in, the persimmon farmers in Gongcheng Yao Autonomous County found themselves in the midst of their busiest time. Lin Shenqing, a local merchant with over a decade of experience in persimmon trading, follows a daily routine during the harvest. Each morning, he makes his way to this crossroad, which is specifically for persimmon trading, to restock this delicious fruit. During the autumn, hundreds of local merchants typically flock to this open-air market every day. 
Persimmon is an increasingly popular fruit in China this year, not only for its delightful sweetness, but also for the symbolized meaning in Chinese culture representing good things will happen. And currently, there are nearly 15,000 hectares of persimmon planted in Gongcheng Yao Autonomous County, one of the homes for this fruit in China. It created a comprehensive output value of 8.8 .8 billion yuan in 2022. Local farmers rely on its cultivation to support their families. Among these farmers, Peng Guoqiu and Shi Jinzhong stand out. Peng is one of the largest persimmon farm owners in his village. For farmers like them, persimmons truly bring good fortune and prosperity. Shi Jianzhong and his wife lead a busy routine, tending to their garden day in and day out. And they rise early each morning to harvest fruits and prune branches preparing their produce to be sold at the nearby road market. And the persimmon in Gongcheng is also called the moon persimmon by the local because it's, look at this, super and perfectly round and golden just like the bright full moon. And it will have a layer of white frosting on its surface after it's dried to be the persimmon cake, which is also the daily food for the local. Persimmon cakes also have gained fame as a local specialty. There is also an exclusive trading center solely dedicated to the trading of persimmon cakes. And now I'm heading for the largest persimmon cake trading market here in Gongcheng to see how's the price today. In front of this nearly 15,000 square meter persimmon trading market, a billboard displays the specific times for winging and trading, kind of like a stock market. And the daily trade volume in this region is estimated to be at least 100 tons. Persimmon cakes have become a lucrative venture for local farmers and businessmen, thanks to the integration of semi-automated processing plants and e-commerce platforms. Official data revealed that the county's annual output of persimmon cakes reaches about 100,000 tons last year, generating an impressive output value of around 600 million yuan. And the rise of modern agriculture has also sparked a surge in cultural tourism. Hongyan Village here in Gongcheng has transformed into a persimmon-themed tourism town. And for the farmers, they may don't really care about the numbers. They find the true happiness when they hear you saying their fruits are delicious. And after a not-so-long journey on a newly-built highway, we arrived in Ziyuan County, where we discovered more tales of upgraded and modernized agriculture. In recent years, the Aiyuan orange, originally introduced from Japan, has gained popularity across China. Among the various varieties, Aiyuan 28 is known as the Ruby Beauty. Situated at an average altitude of over 800 meters and located at 25 degrees north latitude, Ziyuan County falls within the Golden Belt for Aiyuan Orange. Here 
am at an orange orchard in Ziyuan County of Guilin in Guangxi Zhuang Autonomous Region. And this is not an ordinary one. It's the first smart orchard here in Ziyuan with latest technologies to promote the modernized agricultural development. In one largest demonstration zone for rural revitalization of Ziyuan County, with advanced technologies such as unmanned transportation and the integration of water into fertilizer, Tang has witnessed a significant surge in production in recent years. And today, Ziyuan boosts numerous standardized and modernized orange plantations, contributing to the thriving fruit industry across the region. Super sweet, super fresh. And for our last stop, we travel by bullet train to Nanning, the provincial city of Guangxi. After a comfortable journey of three hours, we arrived in Nanning, ready to explore new opportunities in the agricultural sector. Wuming District in Nanning City has been designated as the largest production area for our Mandarin in China. Currently, it covers around one quarter of the country's total planting area for this fruit. And this little fruit can make good money. In 2022, the output of our Mandarin in Wuming District surpassed 1.5 million tons, with a remarkable output value of 10 billion yuan, a big number. Among the local growers, Du Hongfeng stands out as one of the largest, owning three hectares of fruit orchards. Now he's using unmanned aircraft for pesticide spraying, the utilization of advanced technologies these years. And currently, Wu Ming has established 56 industry demonstration parks for our Mandarin and 12 enterprises, cooperatives, and large-scale growers, with a planting area of more than 66 hectares. Ming Ming Fruit Company is one of them. And here in one of the leading providers of our Mandarin in Wuming District, the entire process from fruit selection, sugar measurement, cleaning to packing is efficiently carried out using all these digital automated facilities around me within this spacious fruit production warehouse covering 8,000 square meters. And digitalization also became the big help. And finally, we've got these fruit foretells from the farmlands. As I return to the city, it feels like I will waken from a dream. And that would do it for this edition of Global Business on CDN. I'm Guan Xing in Beijing. Thank you for being with us.